Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Sarah Blumenthal. This is a podcast where we talk to artists about their favorite albums. Today is a super special 100th episode, and I'm talking with Josh about a band that means a lot to the both of us, The Descendants. We each picked our favorite album from their discography. Josh chose Milo Goes to College, iconic, and I chose Everything Sucks, because apparently the I'm the One EP was disqualified for not being a full album. Before we get into the episode, I have to remind you to subscribe to the Spinning Out Patreon. Each week, Josh and I pull one of our cringy faves out of the past and go absolutely ham. We love them, we hate them, we are totally off the rails. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month. It's a no-brainer. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the pod, and tell your friends to check it out. You can follow Spinning Out on Twitter and Instagram at SpinningOutPod, and stay up to date on all the spinning and the outing. Okay, let's do this thing. So, so, hundred episodes. You did it. We did it. We did it. Yes. So, okay, so we're actually talking about two albums today. So, this is the 101 and 100th episode. Is it? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so today we're talking about The Descendants. For some reason, I'm like, I feel like we've talked about The Descendants, but I guess we talked about all on the Patreon, which, uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah. Um, But we haven't actually talked about The Descendants. Well, I'm not going to pick a band for the Patreon that I feel like is like a largely influential band that someone could pick for a main. Um, mm-hmm. The Patreon's more for the... I try to keep my cringe there. <laughs> so this is this is not your cringe. I Yeah, I have... Well, I have zero shame about most of the things I've ever listened to, but I definitely have zero shame about this. Same. Okay, so just to set it up, uh, I guess my pick for this exercise, I guess, so, okay, so the exercise, I guess, maybe I'm wrong, uh, was we pick our favorite Descendants records. I don't understand why this is complicated. We did this for the 50th mm-hmm. episode as well. It's just picking a band we both love and talking about both of our favorite albums by the band. Well, what's hard is, like, I feel like with Descendants, I don't know if I have a clear favorite. Well, okay, and also what's difficult for me is that my favorite Descendants release is actually an EP. It's not an LP. What is your favorite EP? The I'm the One EP. Wouldn't which that is just like be this? very annoyingly not on streaming anymore. But how is okay? So how is that different than the? Well, it's four songs. Yes, I, it's EP. I'm the One. Uh huh. It's Lucky, which is like chef's kiss best song ever um shattered milo and everything sucks so then it's only different than i mean i know it's not the full length but it's like so shattered milo is not on everything sucks neither is lucky lucky isn't either oh weird Uh, i wonder are, are these tracks on like an extended version of everything sucks I don't know. I haven't been able to find them. I miss them. Mm. I used to listen to the CP like all the time. But we kind of, um, like we do with any of the records that I guess we do on the podcast. Uh, well, personally, I feel like I try and think of the records as they were originally intended. 
is what I go into it with. Um, so I'm kind of wondering if there's like everything sucks. No, it doesn't. It's just as the album was intended. But a lot of like these aren't do... bonus songs. It's its own entity. It's its own mm. EP. I guess save for uh, the two tracks. So there's two tracks that aren't on. Um, you know, everything sucks. Yeah, that is interesting. And it's interesting that the songs wouldn't be on streaming at all. I mean, uh, the the EP definitely is not. Let's see if the songs are themselves. Mm. But yeah, I even I almost okay. So yeah, kind of nope, they're not going into it. I almost thought about like, oh, maybe I should pick like Sommery as my album. But that's you ew, know not a ew, Josh. <laughs> that's not a real pick. Um, but it it was tough because I knew that you were you were picking everything sucks. So I was like, okay, so if I can't just pick everything sucks, then what is my favorite Descendants record? Would you have picked everything sucks? I don't know if I would. I actually struggled between. Milo Goes to College, which I ended up picking, and All. But I feel like All as a record overall <laughs> um, isn't as strong, though I think it has some of their best songs. I'm surprised that um, I Don't Want to Grow Up wasn't in the running for you, because I feel like that used to be like a fave for you. It has issues, so I guess in a way we're almost talking about every Descendants record. I mean, this, you know, I kind of expected I that didn't know there were like weird rules. Well... So I thought about I Don't Want to Grow Up, and this is why it's hard, because I feel like there's shining moments on every record, that except for, like, Enjoy. I can't think of anything. It's not that there aren't good tracks on Enjoy. It's just Enjoy feels like that is, like, peak poop fart joke record. And, like, I it, I never go back to Enjoy. Um, but, I never go back to it. But like, I don't want to grow up. Has some really good songs. I think what holds it up as like a favorite is that there are kind of weird production choices on that record. I want to know when Enjoy came out. I think it came out before I was born. It came out, and I think I believe it came out in '86. You know. Um, you know. So I don't know. So yeah. So just looking at like their releases. So. Once again, I picked Milo Goes to College, and you picked Everything Sucks. And here we are. Here we are. So Now we have to talk about it. Do Great. we need to start with your pick or from the beginning, Milo I, Goes to College? Let's, let's start here, Josh. When was the first time that you heard this band? Oh, that's what I do to people. Um, when was the first time I heard Descendants? Actually, I feel like it was a little later than... I would think, like, consciously. I feel like it's like I knew Descendants, but I don't know if I really connected with them as a band until... Um, what's weird is, like, I feel like it probably would have been on the record after... I'm, I always forget the name of the 2004 album, because uh, it's actually... That's probably my least favorite album by them. Cool to be you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it actually probably would have been around the time Cool to Be You, which feels late comparatively. That's where I feel like I was connecting with them. But then I had friends around the time Cool to Be You was coming out that were like, people were like, you have to check out Everything Sucks. And so I feel like technically Everything Sucks was the first time, but it was years after Everything Sucks came out. Um, I mean, sure. It was definitely like years after Everything Sucks came out for yeah. me as well. But it's definitely I, not like ten years old going off with the descendants. 
Well, okay. Actually, no, I'm kind of wrong. Because really, I should say like Punkorama comes. Because yeah. of like Mug Mug Mug. But like outside of compilations, and I guess that was to push uh, Everything Sucks, I don't feel like I kind of like took them on as like a band. They didn't feel like a current thing. I mean, they really weren't. So all Which is was... fair. I mean, this was like, you've got to remember like for us at that time, like streaming was not a thing. Even like downloading songs, you know, that was, we were a little bit older when that happened. So it's like, we're old as shit, Josh. It's just yeah. the the hand we were dealt. Yeah. And I think our experience from a CD era would have been you just buy whatever's at the CD place. <laughs> Yeah. For the most part, that we weren't, because we were, well, like we're saying, we're old, and we were kind of pre-downloading, except for, like... I would never buy a Descendants album based off of the album art. That's fair, too. I probably would be more apt to buy an all-record. But also, I'm thinking that, essentially, because, like, one of my first all-records was, like, Mass Nerder... Well, um, when did you first listen to all? Um, I think it was for Mass Nerder. I know we've done an episode on it, but there's, like... They actually had like a one-two punch. It was like 2000 and 2001 um, that those albums came out. And it was whatever album that was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm like, they had they have so many records. Um, but are you, are you talking about all or Descendants? All. So really the answer to your question is almost all, but I, I know I mean, you can't give that. It doesn't really that. count. I, like, I get why, I get how you could like, kind of say that, but it's like, Listening to all doesn't necessarily, like, translate to, like, listening to, like, other Descendants albums, possibly. Whereas, like, you just, like, stay in the all universe. Yeah, and to the actual answer to the question for all, before I move on to answering your actual question. Um, to be fair, my so, other question was first. So, well, Problematic by All was the first time I listened to all. Not Master. And when was I get that? them mixed up. That was 2000 when it came out. Okay. And, and Descendants? Descendants, it would... I feel like the honest answer to it... Yeah, don't lie to me. ...would be Milo Goes to College. Okay. And that would that would be like around probably 2005 because I really feel like that was around a point that I was kind of reintroducing myself into like a punk thing. <laughs> you know, like I had spent many years like being metalcore kid and I feel like I was trying to reconnect with like your punk roots yes yes i mean honestly yes um <laughs> don't I was be ashamed like, of where you came from josh i was playing in like a fast punk band uh and i think like just kind of like picking up kind of filling in those gaps from like because i yes i did start as like a kid that was into punk i checked out the punkaramas we've talked about so that. you said 2005 2005 probably uh kind of my college years yeah. you know so when milo goes to college i was also oh, you going were going to college, to college too that's so <laughs> cute yeah oh you guys went to college together <laughs> we went to college together and I love that. yeah so milo goes to college was like the one that i was like it was like in my band at the time we did a descendants cover yes you did and like and you crushed it yeah for the record and i think very early it, it was one of those bands where it's like you knew the figure you knew the name, sure. but I think actually connecting with the band was Milo Goes to College. Then I got like Milo Vans, you know, and then like I was just obsessed from that point on. Like it's a, it would be like just like any sort of iconography of oh, like yeah. a band. When did those Descendants Vans come out? I feel like I, thinking of a picture in my head of a very early version of Obstruction, 
And I know that I had Descendants fans on. 2006. So, well, I guess 2000, actually, okay. So 2006 might actually be the legit answer because I know that's when I moved to Charlotte. And yep. that's when um, that band that I'm talking about, Obstruction, started, or either it was 2006, 2007. 2006. And some version of Obstruction existed in 2006. I think we really, in four, started in like 2007, like playing shows and stuff like sure, that. Sure, but sure. whatever. So, I don't know, 2006. You were already, I can confirm, you were already a rabid fan when those vans came out. True, Because yeah. I bought them for you. And it was, like, very difficult to get the pair you wanted. Yeah, I think it's, like, it's, like, because we're being honest here, it's, like, one of those things where you knew you knew the name, you knew the iconography, I had heard Mug Mug Bug, and I had heard, like, being in people's cars, them listening to Everything Sucks, but, like, legit getting obsessed with them was Milo Goes to College for me. Like, realizing, like, what it was all about and kind of, like, putting a lot of my DNA and my personality <laughs> into it as, like, a young college student. Well, and it's yeah. also like, it was where you were in life. It was what you were relating to. It was like the scene you were a part of. I think it just kind of like all fell into place at the same time. Yeah. And I guess probably a lot of the reasons, it's not like I was on an island by myself. I mean, you were on an island. <laughs> yeah. Kind uh, of. Like Wilmington is like. True. Kind of and I an live pretty close to the beach. But I think some of this had to do with the fact that uh, Cool to Be You had come out like two years before or around that time. So I think like. A descendant sans. A descendant sans? <laughs> it's not Sounds like I delicious. just picked it up on my own. You know, it was probably because of Cool to Be You that sure. a lot of this happened. I mean, clearly it was like having a moment. Like, you don't just like do a special run with Vans because yeah. you're irrelevant, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, that was clearly a time for them. And I think like there were things that like, I feel like I had heard bands cover descendants, like, you know, and also I would just like to say you should have never worn those vans. Because well, yeah, I, I think you can you say that. You could sell them for a lot of money now. With any of these type of things where it's like, even like just regular Nikes that I wear, like I, I should buy them and never wear them if i were i mean even this like absolutely beat to shit pair is going for 50 bucks well we have an absolutely beat we have two (laughs) then we could sell them um yeah so yeah i don't know milo goes to college i guess you know getting back to that just thinking of like the just the whole package of it just kind of spoke to me at the time i mean i it seems silly to be like oh i was going to college but you know, like, um, you know, the songs were like silly, you know, uh, you know, like I want to be a bear, you know, I'm not a loser. Uh, I'm not a punk, you know, it kind of actually felt like some of it felt like kind of like my reintroduction into getting back into punk, like that sarcasm already with punk. Like I was already like getting back into punk as a jaded punk guy. I feel like this is gonna sound this may be like very corny or like cheesy or I don't know this is embarrassing but it's like also like I do feel like a lot of these songs are like very parallel to your life. It was like fuck my parents. Yeah. Um it was like um suburban home. Yeah. Um it's like marriage because like selfishly you were like very in love with me. <laughs> you yeah. know like all of these things kind of like resonate in that same space and it's just like of course you were like very into this album. It's like 
it's jokey, it's sweet, it's, like, got a little bit of fuck you, but it's also, like, I'm kind of, like, want to grow up mm-hmm. as I'm growing up, you yeah. know? Well, and there's parts, I guess, getting into it early in it where, uh, you know, kind of the cringe, kind of, like, treatment of women in the record, like, unfortunately does resonate with a young man. At least uh, from my perspective, too, even coming out of, like, metalcore, the, which we've talked about, the way that a lot of those bands, like, treat women, honestly, a lot of that probably spoke to me, too. You know, like, it's, like, something sure. that... yeah, and that's not great. No, it's but, not like, great. But, like, probably something you have to acknowledge. <laughs> it is something that but we it, have to And, like, I don't want to, like, caveat this by, like, saying, like, it was okay because it was a different time, but it was, like, a different time and people were held to different standards. And I think that, like, people are held to better standards now. Yeah. Um... And I think everything we do is, like, a lot more public. And so we're, like, able to hold each other accountable a little bit more. And, like, of course, I know we've seen this band a lot of times since then. And, like, they also agree with that sentiment, which is, like, nice. Because sometimes you're, like, I love this band. What if they still feel this way? You know, like, what if they just, like, think that's chill? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a hard thing because it's, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I even want to get... And that it's like, this is... Why did I do this all the time? I feel like looking at this a day after the whole neurosis thing yeah. is Which tough. is like famously one of your like, yes. favorite bands of all time. But it also is comforting in a way that... Though neurosis thing is a whole different thing. I mean, I don't even sure, know. Sure, but it's know. like, it's comforting to know that like, not... Not everyone that we revere is a piece of shit. Yeah, or even... And, like, yeah. it's, like, like a lot of these things, like you're saying, like, resonate with, like, a younger guy, maybe, and especially at that time, or, like, this was obviously written, like, much earlier, um, like, when they were that age, but it's, like, okay, cool, like, you grew up and realized that was, like, not cool. Or, like, somebody checked you at some point, and you were, like, you're right, I was wrong. Yeah. And that's, like, it's nice to know that, like, not everyone is a piece of shit. Yeah, because I think it's hard for me to not pair the two bands in my head, even though they're sonically so different. They express kind of two sides of myself that <gasps> I was... The two wolves. They, they really are. And, like, <laughs> there were two bands that, like, that's, like, two sides of my personality. Like, I was still coming it's out demented, of, like... Josh. Yeah, I know. Um, two sides of, like... It's, like, there's that... So, if we're talking about it outside of everything that's happened, it's, like just looking at it on a band standpoint um like neurosis was an important band because i was moving out of like metalcore and it felt like a smarter band but also descendants felt like a band that was like i can embrace the silliness again because a lot of metalcore wasn't willing to be silly and so those kind of like which sounds funny because i make fun of like bands being silly all the time yeah and you famously hate fun (laughs) but i love descendants um, so it's, it's like the exception to the rule. Um, but those two bands were like this kind of cornerstone to like me moving forward with my taste. And I feel like defined a lot about how I see music now still. And like, a, you know, I have a descendants tattoo, uh, you know, uh, probably would have a neurosis tattoo if all of it didn't just look like tribal <laughs> kind of stuff, which unfortunately I probably, if some different version of myself i would just have but their tribal shit on me so yeah in hindsight but i think that it's interesting when like bands can learn to grow or actually feel like they put it into you know some of these things into 
practice, kind of look back and reflect on that stuff and descendants have done that. Like, and I think that like, I, I would say everyone, I, if someone like feels like it's not them, I think you're probably just not examining your life well enough, but like, we've all like said and done things we like regret and are like not proud of like when we were younger. And that's, I mean, if that's on growth, but like, if, like, I didn't have, like, a public platform at that age, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, and, like, even now with, like, Twitter and stuff, like, that wasn't the same. It wasn't the same thing. And so it's, like, I don't have to, like, live with that. Like, the, like, wrong things I, like, said or did are not just, like, a part of public record. Yeah. Um, And I'm, like, really glad that they're not. But, like, for some people they are. And all you can do is grow and apologize, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think what's interesting and kind of some of the reason I mentioned it is actually go, cause I would always listen to this record like nonstop, but I think it's been, it's been a while since I like threw it on and kind of like analyzed it. And it was like a lot more hateful than I realized, <laughs> you know, and you way, were a pretty angry little boy for a long time. And, and for too late in my life, honestly. And I, it's not like I'm like, oh, pat myself on the back. I'm better now. Cause there'll be things that I will be, I will look back on and be like, oof, you know, but like I, th- it was, it was interesting re-listening <laughs> to this album. Um, uh, but it, uh, but also still like this album rocks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, it's um, great. but also I think that given the context of the time, what, uh, 82, yeah. um, uh, it's like, you know, I've heard worse things from me too. Sure. <laughs> and know? like, not to be confused with like being a like apologist for, you know, like whatever. I'm, we're, we don't need to like nitpick apart like what should or shouldn't have been said at that time. But yeah. it's like, like you can acknowledge that it's like, it's a time and place and like move on. Yeah. Um, so I guess in the spirit of moving on, actually, I want to, I know we kind of touch on it, but I want to kind of just volley the same thing back to you. Like, when was the first time you heard the sentence? Uh, it had to be from you. Like, I, I, I really don't know. It's just like a band that's always kind of like been there. Yeah. But I don't know who before you, like, I might have seen like a sticker, um, on a car or something, but I don't think I really ever listened to them. Yeah. Prior to like you, like listening to them with you. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, that, you know, that kind of lines up with, well, you were saying on like the, uh, well, we recorded, you know, you said on like the Punkarama episode, um, so Which is on once, our Patreon. Yeah, so check out our Patreon once again. <laughs> you gotta plug um, the Patreon, Josh. Yeah, so um, you know, I, th- I you weren't really checking out the Punkarama comps. I guess you probably. Oh, I was like definitely not at all checking out <laughs> okay. the Punkarama comps. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can you can definitely say that. So yeah, so I guess it would even be like less on your radar, but it's like it's like one of those things where you like see you see stickers and you're like, I think I know what that is. Or you just don't. And then it kind of all comes to you in this, this moment later. Well, you like recognize the iconography, but it's like I said, like nothing about descendants makes me like want to check them out as like the person that I am. Yeah. Like 
they're like their iconography is like obviously like legendary um branding on point like great band name but like it doesn't like none of it is like alluring to me mm-hmm. um as like someone who like doesn't know anything about this band yeah it's uh, yeah it only i guess makes sense if you were already in the club like it doesn't invite you to like check it out yeah but okay so you picked uh everything sucks i picked everything sucks why why out of the whole catalog is like that the one for you because i like it (laughs) well of course um i mean because it has some of my like fave songs on it um i feel like the like sing-along quality for me is like top notch which like famously i love anything i can sing along to um like i said given the choice i would have picked the i'm the one ep but um that i feel like is like the most closely linked to this album um the songs on here like there's a couple of songs on here that i like do not like um yeah that i like forgot about but like i don't know okay so i feel like i'm like i in my head want to pretend that like i'm the girl and the other side of this album so okay so like when i get old is that what you mean like you're the girl on the other side i mean or like you're the narrator no 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 yeah like so like like i'm not the one that's writing the songs i'm the one's like i'm like oh you're writing these songs for me yeah you know but how does that feel now thinking about it as like more of an adult i mean it was definitely like there's a reason that like i don't listen to this album all the time anymore it's not because it's not good but it's because i don't relate to it as much as i used to but it's like you know you okay at this time where we are dating each other Uh right you're listening to your album and being like an angry little boy and i'm listening to this one kind of being like a little bit spiteful maybe about that Uh or like i don't know i don't know yeah well i think about like i even think about like the context of the songs because i think a lot of the songs that kind of have the vibe that i'm thinking of and i know i'm gonna explain what i mean um a lot of those songs i think were written by bill stevenson well i guess i'm in love with bill stevenson <laughs> well like sue th- me those kind of songs like uh when i get old uh but i mean like okay we like incredible song i believe that's him song too a lot of the ones that are like just straight up like i won't let me um sick of me i'm the one like yeah i think around when this time frame price. like carl alvarez was writing a lot of the more like hateful songs you know like you know hateful is a strong word but just the meaner songs like it's kind of the more punkier songs i guess would be another way to put that i feel like this album has a lot of like low-key love songs it does and like maybe some of them are like kind of fucked up you know yeah but but it's still like that emotional connection well that's that's a hard thing because like i think sometimes i mean i do this too and i'm kind of looking back at it but i also try and think about like when you're writing a song even if it's not flattering to you you're trying to capture your honest feeling in that moment so like sure if you're like i guess they were probably in their mid-30s at this point there's some unflattering things, but they're being honest. There's some unflattering things about being in love. Like, yeah. being in a relationship fucking sucks sometimes. Um, yeah. But, like, 
what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but that's just that's just the reality of like dealing with another human and like not having everything your way, you know. And that's like fine. And I like appreciate honesty and like brutal truth and like genuine words and like intention and all of that. So, okay, before we, I guess, test the hypothesis on if I was right with it, um, then do we want to shift back to Milo Goes to College or we'll stay? I don't know, Josh, it's your boat, (laughs) you steer it. All right, we'll go back to Milo Goes goes to College because I just kind of wanted to see what your experience was with, like, getting into it. So they're kind of, we're kind of on one track, kind of discovering a lot of this together. So so I'll just go back to Milo Goes to College. But I think it was, like, it was obviously one of those things, it wasn't like, Oh, I stayed on Milo goes to college for a long time. Like when I was in, it was just like we went through everything. Totally. Like. You know, like you just downloaded every album and, you know, and then kind of figured out that I didn't really like cool to be you that much. But, <laughs> you know, um, okay. So then with, um, so with Milo goes to college, going back to that, just starting with track one, My Age, the writer of the song is Bill Stevenson. So, and then with, I want to be a bear because I'm trying to like figure out if you can kind of like tell the voices in the band. Uh, so I want to be a bear was Tony Lombardo and Frank Nevetta. So Frank was the original guitar player from this time frame, and Tony was the original bass player. The interesting thing, I guess, to anybody that has like listened or you know watched the documentary of them, when they were around this time, like well, pre-college age or at college age and even before with like the Ninth and Walnut record that came out recently um, and like the Fat Bonus Fat EP, they were like high school students. But Tony Lombardo was 34 years this old. This is so weird. It is wild to think of. This is so strange. Can you imagine <laughs> being in a band with high school kids Essentially, right it'd be like basically me at this point because it almost they tell in the documentary where it's like he's like who are these kids you know and that's like <laughs> wild 70s were a wild time you know because it's like they started as a band in like 78 i believe so that's like he's in that situation so i think he was 34 then oh my god he's like 100 now i mean he he is i think at this point retired i believe this is correct i think he is retired from his career that he started around this time Working for the post office. I mean, that's straight up almost 45 years ago. So, of course he is. (laughs) So, the man is in his 70s. You know? For sure. I mean, yeah. That's how time works. (laughs) That's how math works, yeah. Yeah. And so, Tony Lombardo playing with, like, but great bass player. (laughs) Amazing bass player. Yeah, Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and, like, I feel like, especially at this time frame, he is the backbone of this band. Like... Like, his bass playing on this record is, like, legendary. Um, But still funny to think about, like, him being that age playing with these high schoolers. Um, So then, okay, so moving to I'm Not a Loser. So that's a Nevada song. And then Parents, that's also Nevada. So I feel like, at least with him... (laughs) So you're a bit of a Nevada bitch. Yeah, I think whatever he was going, like, whatever he was going through at this time frame, like, I guess, like, kind of looking back at him, I mean, like we said, like, he would have been, like, high, still high school age, like, uh, he was going through it. And it's very similar to me. <laughs> I know? mean, fair. Yeah, and so, yeah, so a lot of that stuff I did see myself in, 
and then kind of just going forward with there really is like that vibe with his songs even with like statue of liberty which is like the uh you know their political song on this one but still you gotta have a just, political song on every album but it still is like political from a standpoint of like why you know the why do you why do you give it to us yeah. like thing is still like it's kind of the same vibe of like you know like questioning everything my childhood was like that type of politic yeah sure you know like kid politics yeah and then well marriage is also a nevada song with stevenson um yeah, so we I feel like we know what he was going through at that time. Uh, Ackerman wrote Hope. <laughs> Stevenson wrote... Okay, so these are songs Bill Stevenson wrote. We said My Edge, um, and he helped write Tony Edge. Uh, so any song with Edge <laughs> on it. Uh, you know, Catalina, he helped write with Lombardo. And then we have Bikeage, another Edge. And uh, Gene is Dead. Um, which, Gene is Dead, I feel like re-listening to that. That one's like pretty pretty dark pretty dark yeah you know song uh so just i'm trying to like get like a vibe of like what these dudes were going through and i believe the story kind of goes with uh nevetta is essentially like he kind of just leaves the band to go fish full time <laughs> was, was kind of the vibe and i think eventually he ends up passing away uh not that far we probably should have rewatched the doc before doing this <laughs> yeah probably uh, but i've seen it so many times um and so kind of into this point i'm trying to like bridge the gap but basically some of the stuff that we're missing at some point two other men <laughs> joined the band and they've been two, in the band two other men yeah it's like i don't know who they are uh but, okay, so going into that, so Carl and Steven joined the band around the time of all, the record All. But that was also the time frame that Bill Stevenson was in Black Flag. So All, as a record, feels like a Black Flag record. And at the time that I was obsessed with the album All, I was also obsessed with Black Flag as a band. So, like, it straight up just feels like that type of album. And I think it, like, changed their songwriting for the better but also in some ways like kind of led them on a journey that i think you know like they sort of course corrected with i would say i they mean course maybe if it can with... like break you out of a box a little bit and then you like kind of come back to that general vicinity but you've been like you're changed now you're different yeah i think like everything sucks was a interesting kind of course correction and you know i I guess it could be seen as like a sellout record in a way. Okay, why, what's so wrong with being a sellout? No, I'm trying to think in 96 terms. You know, like, wh I wonder what, like, fans... I would and... be a sellout in a heartbeat. For sure. But if this were 96 and they hadn't put out an album since all, I wonder how people viewed it at that time frame kind of like them going back to like popular territory like essentially like embracing a lot of the it's kind of backwards but uh them kind of like being brought into like the fat record scene and epitaph and stuff like that like was it viewed as them kind of selling out or did anyone care about that i don't really have an answer i don't for know that. josh it's just a baby well i'm i think given the context of the time i wonder if some some people were like they were better on all i mean no doubt of yeah, course people sure. were people suck or even like people all, hate the to band see all success fans. 
How confusing was that at the time, it too? It had to be so confusing. Being like, okay, so they put out a record called All, then they Then you're like, no, the band all. is called All. And you're like, no, it's just the name of a record. And you're like, no, that's like the name, the band, All. And they're like, no, it's a record by the Descendants. And you're like, no, it's a band that sounds exactly like Descendants. This is also seems more like reasons why young versions of ourselves might find it confusing to figure out how to get into this band. Because as a kid, I feel like I keep saying all, but I'm also talking about the band all. Like all was just the current thing. I didn't know the I didn't really know the whole backstory. It was just this is the new pop punk record. And I think when I went to buy it, I said When did when did when was that? So I'm thinking of, I always kind of get Mass Nerder and uh, Problematic mixed up. But like I said at the beginning, like Problematic was really my first entry. When did that come out? 2000. So that was like truly the more relevant band to like our coming of age story. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't, and I didn't know like, oh, these were, I, I don't think I realized that these were the dudes from the Descendants. It was just a band. It was just, they had like Martians and stuff on the cover it just looked like it was a cartoony <laughs> kind of cover um and they also had a song called she broke my dick so that was funny yes you know we, we talked about song. that yeah. once again check out our patreon um uh, and that that's like all it needed you know um so yeah i don't know i can that's the hard thing with talking about the sentences personally not getting into a mode where i'm just going off on a tangent about all you know, and kind of like yes, compare. I can see it's very difficult for you. <laughs> yeah, you are struggling. <laughs> I am struggling on these tangents. So if you need to course correct me, I don't even know what you're this, doing. What are we doing? I'm shifting back between everything sucks and Milo goes to college and chaotic ways. But okay, so we kind of went through the track listing of Milo goes to college. So I guess we'll go through the track listing of uh, everything sucks. Okay. Because uh, what we were talking about before was. Uh, kind of the voices of every song sure yeah okay valid so track one for everything sucks everything sucks <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have steven steven wrote that song steven uh it was it egerton or edgerton i never knew how to pronounce it. i i don't know um so i don't relatable. know relatable yeah yeah it's still like i mean that's like the other thing about this album it's got, got the cute songs but then it's also got like everything sucks and then like uh this place it's like yeah okay so at this point so you're better at math than me okay at true right now yes he is uh steven edgerton actually you know what he was born steven patrick o'reilly and now he's steven edgerton oh whatever who knows um so steven wait he's how old right now he was born in 67 okay and he's, sorry, he was born in 64, he is now 57. So, he was born in 64. Yeah, so this So when this album came out, came out he was 32. 32. The way the song Still younger feels, than us. Yeah, the song, oh, don't tell people. Uh, the way oh, sorry, the, that's privileged information for our privileged. patrons. Yeah, uh, we say our age all the time on the Patreon. We're much Patreon. funnier on the Patreon. Um, I'm on my best behavior today. <laughs> okay, so thinking about, okay, so he's gets, 32 folks. years old. Uh, so let's even say like when he wrote it like 30 whatever sure. just given that little gap no problem um and actually the the vibe of the lyrics for this song like are pretty relevant to me now everything sucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like i don't know like uh 
to get some, co- I don't know, I'm t- like blanking on what the actual lyrics say. Um, uh, to get the coffee, flat tire, to walk to work. Yeah, I mean, it's like... It's Girlfriend like dumps kinda, you. Yeah, this is all really relevant It's all to really you. relevant to me. <laughs> um, okay, and then, so, I'm the one, Carl Alvarez. Um, so, what do you feel like, what's the vibe of I'm the one? Uh... It is, it's kind of petty, and it's like, it, you're like, oh, this song is cute, but then you're like, no, he's just fucking pissed because he's not getting the attention he wants from this person that he thinks he deserves. I mean it as no disrespect, because actually members of Descendants might find this. He, I feel like Carl's songs often, from my recollection, have more divorced energy. And legit, he <laughs> might have been divorced at this point. <laughs> Like, it's just realistically, given their ages... I mean, who among us has not felt this way? <laughs> who among us hasn't Maybe you don't write a song about it, but... but I, I mean, but, like, I resonate... I can, like, resonate with either side of this. Yeah, I mean, and he's the same... He's basically the same age as Stephen, and they grew up together and I want to say, Wyoming. Uh, what a strange place to grow up. Yeah, so... Okay. So kind of going, I guess, sidetracking into that. So that whole story with them, uh, so they were in a band called Massacre Guys. And essentially they got called up. I believe it was Steven got called up and they were like, hey, all was like, hey, we need, or well, descendants were like, hey, we need a new guitar player. And then at that point he was like, and it could have been the other way around. It could have been a new bass player. Um, Can my bass player come too? Basically, they were like, whichever one it was, the other one's like, I won't go unless you take him, which is really cute. Uh, it is really cute. And so... We love friendship. Yeah, and so they joined... So Alvarez joined the Descendants after Enjoy, and from his previous bands, the Massacre Guys and the Bad Yodelers, and played on all of the All records. So really, I mean, like, that's the point. Like, they both joined the band. So... Once again, going back to what we were talking about, Carl feels like he has the more bitter songs. <laughs> I feel yeah. like we need to like look up if he was divorced since you said that. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it rolling. So okay, so kinda then the next song, this one kinda makes sense. Coffee mug. You could probably who do you think wrote Coffee Mug? Bill. Yes, you're right. <laughs> you're getting uh, you're getting the vibe here. But, okay, these are the two modes that I feel like Bill Stevenson has. Like, he pushes the kind of all philosophy, and, like, that's, like, go, searching for all, kind of, yeah, like, go fishing, for go for all, coffee. And then, but also, Bill Stevenson's other mode is, like, the most gut-wrenching, <laughs> gut-wrenching song about, like, his dad dying or, like, loving somebody until they're, like, you know, that kind of thing is, like, Bill's deal. I'm sorry, I don't understand why this is in this Wikipedia article about Carl Alvarez. The last line of this Wikipedia article says, for like no apparent reason, Carl Alvarez bears no resemblance to physicist and Nobel Prize winner, Luis Walter Alvarez. What? Uh, that <laughs> like, is why? the weirdest line. That, that reads almost like a prank from his bandmate. <laughs> like that's like, what's the, it's like, Okay, so people with the last, <laughs> same last name share resemblances. That's all that's essentially I, saying. I can find, like, no connection. Like, why did this say that? That's so funny. So random. It uh, doesn't say anything about him 
being divorced, Josh. I'm sorry. Well, he's good. I mean, it's just those type of songs kind of have that energy. I think it's, if he had not, if he has not been married, I think it must just be simply like a time. It's like a time in someone's life kind of thing. Uh, so, okay. So getting back into it, we said coffee mug. That's Bill Stevenson. Uh, rotting out Milo Ackerman. And I feel like a lot of times Milo doesn't have many songs where he's like credited as like the sole writer. Uh, there's some on this record, which I think is more than usual. Yeah. I believe. Um, so that's interesting that he has like, but can you glean anything about the personality of Milo as a songwriter from the song Roddy Now? Yeah, actually you totally can. And you can see the development, especially from like Roddy Now developing into like their more recent album. Um, I think that like 2016 album, Mm -hmm. um, which is like a like full bloom of Roddy Now. Which is basically huh. just like being unfulfilled, right? With your life. Okay, it kind of, I guess maybe I'm putting more, I'm projecting more onto it. But like you probably have everything you should, but it's like not there. I guess it's probably like that unfulfillment thing. Yeah. You know, because I guess even at this point he was like a, he was a biologist and he had a family and he's still like drawn back to doing this, which is really the Milo story from point A to point B. It's like, no matter what he has, like college or college breaks, you know, there's always like every time he comes back, it's like some sort of other part in his life. I mean, yeah. I think it's just a lot of like not being happy. Well, yeah. Like you're just not happy and you don't really know why. Yeah. You're like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be fucking doing. Like, why am I not happy? Yeah, of course. Uh, Which like relatable. <laughs> relatable. Yeah. So, okay. Then going to the next track, because uh, this, this album has 15 tracks, which is not that crazy given the fact that only one song, and I can't even count, only one song goes over, yeah, they're all really short. That's yeah, this album's point. 30 minutes. It's, yeah, and like they're the shortest songs, like short even for them. Um, okay, so then moving on to Sick of Me, uh, so that's... Uh, Edgerton and Stevenson co-write. Cute song. And do you think, that, I guess then if we're saying that Stevenson, maybe the Stevenson part of it is the cute, but I, I think I think Bill Stevenson might be a cute dude. <laughs> he might be. Uh, and okay, so Caught is uh, Alvarez, and I feel like from my recollection of the lyrics, kind of pushes, that's like the angrier side again. Uh, I mean, it's their political song. But, yeah, so what's also interesting is, like, there's a Frank Nevada song in this, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So, When I Get Old, that's Stevenson and Alvarez. Fucking cute. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I was also thinking about this song because it's, uh, there's, like, this ride on my bike, uh, try to grab her ass. Um, that on this song? Yeah, will I still kiss my girlfriend and try to grab her ass? Yeah, but. Will still, I still hate the cops. Yes, yeah. the answer is yes. Which I'm like, they're they're ahead of the time on <laughs> that kind of like being chill with saying that, which I know like hate the cops, but it's like in a song like this is kind of, it's interesting given the juxtaposition. But some for some reason when I think of the song and they said try and grab her ass, I always think there's going to be like a honk in the song. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Like a <laughs> yeah, it feels like that way. Like what it has. Wrong with you? I don't know. It's like it's in my mind so much. It's almost like the, uh, 
you know, this it's is like fucking Looney Tunes, Josh. Yeah, but it also feels like you know, it's like a Hank. Why do you drink? And it's a call and response, but there's gonna be like a, the audience goes honk. You know, like that's <laughs> like it feels like that kind of we thing. In my, a, we can make a special edit of this song with a a little bit of some honks and some awoogas. Yeah, it needs a honks and a woogas. <laughs> Um, but you know, but I'm also glad we can do that on a special edition. I'm yeah, glad that they didn't catch put it on that the Patreon. In. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll edit that <laughs> in. Um, yeah, it's a cute song. It also feels like it has more hindsight. It's, I don't know. It's so interesting to think about these songs and these albums and juxtaposition with each other, but also we're saying, Oh, it's interesting to think of these 18-year-olds are... They're like 20 years apart. Yeah. They're more than 20 years apart. Yeah, so it's like, of course, you know. Um, Okay, so then, then interestingly enough, like I said, Doghouse being a Frank song, so I guess it's probably just a song that they had forever, you know. This song definitely has, like, the vibe of an older album. Yeah. And, you know, uh, anyone that's listened to our episodes... You're much better with like kind of recalling lyrics. So what do you feel like this song is saying? Is that like doghouse? I mean, I know the obvious things that See, it this is be. my doghouse. You say I'm a dog. I live like a dog. Do you think then if we're if we're comparing that to like the Frank songs from uh, from before, do you think that was like him and his parents? I don't know. Not necessarily. It's, I guess it's just simply. I mean, it does like, say, then I get trashed by the whore that's my wife. So that's not great. Oh, wow. Full of doggy stench in this poo-poo place. <laughs> I wonder, I do wonder what the genesis of that song was. If it's just straight up, like they had it from like the early eighties to this point, which, you know, it happens in bands. Um, Okay, so then moving on to... Okay, we got another Bill Stevenson. I think we're seeing the vibe coming out. She loves me. Uh, Bill Stevenson. Fucking cute. Another, that's just like straight up like... Bill was in love. Bill was in love. And I feel like it's like... When you see those images in like the documentary and stuff, he like really comes across as like a family dude. You know? He seems like a really nice person. I mean, honestly, I think they all seem like really nice people, but... Yeah, of course. I mean, um, not of course. Well, I mean, not from, everyone comes across as a nice person. Well, Carl doesn't, but man, in real life, like Carl was, Carl out of a band of. We'll get there. Get back on track. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So then, uh, hateful notebook. How does that? I mean, it's about a like bitter girl, hmm. and she like the hateful notebook. It's her notebook. She's writing things. What the fuck are you writing in your little notebook, girl? But interestingly, that is a song with Alvarez as well. It's a Stevenson Alvarez co-write. So, <laughs> I don't know. Um, the, okay, so then next, we is Ackerman. Oh, go off Ackerman. I used to post this song on Facebook every single year on our anniversary. So going off of what we've been setting up. I actually you... was listening to this the other day. Um as we do to yeah. prepare for these episodes. And I was thinking about, like, I used to post this every year on our anniversary, um, and I, like, meant it. And, like, especially the years that, like, we were, like, we quit our jobs. We were, like, touring a lot. We were, like, trying to do the thing, um, whatever. And, like, the whole, like, oh, like, it, the money doesn't matter, and, like, I don't care about jobs, and it's, like, cool, we got this, and we'll, like, make it work, and, like, 
there's more to life than all of that. And I was like, damn, I still like feel that way. And I wish that we never got these stupid jobs because we were so much happier. Yeah. I We were so much happier being like broke ass idiots, just like trying to do the thing. True. I mean, that's it's hard. I mean, it's like life. Not to get like on. real on the pod, but. <laughs> life piles on. Um, ah, now I'm like, now I've got to shift gears back to facts. Well, it's like, it's just fucked up. I mean, I don't know. It was just, I think it's like, that's a song that like, at this point in my life, I feel like that song is enough to make me like say that this album's my fave. Hmm. Because I feel like it like hits me in like a spot that like very, very few songs do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here is Yeah, the... we can we can move on and Sorry, talk about yeah. like a fart joke I, or something. I, yeah, I did uh <laughs> find out about Doghouse. So like I was saying, uh, you know, it's a Frank song and I thought that was weird. Yeah, so, so that was like a the purposeful place. that was a purposeful thing. So just to kind of like, actually Frank died a lot, a little bit later than I thought, because I feel like in the, in the documentary, just from my recollection, I feel like they kind of do that. They show these animations and it's like they're fishing and then they kind of fall out. And then it's like, I can't, I couldn't really tell when he passed away, but he passed away in 2008. So later than I thought, but I think just kind of, it's probably more of like, there was also that death of friendship that they had mm. probably as the years went on. So that's kind of why the, it sets it up that way. Um, so he actually passed away at the age of 46 in 2008. But the reason that there is a Frank song in here is that was just a conscious decision on their part. They wanted them to be a part of this record. Mm. And so they, they let Frank and Tony play on the record because they just like kind of like a like honoring to, their presence yeah because it's like they have been there since yeah, day totally. one um because so, i would assume probably still at this point tony was working so for the sweet. post office and i think probably that was like an effort to like maybe help relationship with frank you know I mean, or just probably. help frank because that's like a big thing and i guess even if we're looking at the, i don't know how finances worked on this but like having a, a writing credit on an album like this which this album like charted and did like really well for the time maybe there was money seen and that could have been helpful so that's like a very like nice you're making a lot of assumptions yeah but so it's just because i was looking at like the uh you know so we we said we so the next track track 12 is uh eunuch boy i fucking hate this song but that's another tony lombardo well so tony lombardo told milo he was like you you like you you should be writing music and like i guess that was my milo saying like milo was a singer and not really like a musician and so i think like i don't know what it means that he also wrote the music but i think milo contributed in a way that he hadn't really contributed as much and i think tony kind of made that into a song (laughs) i don't really know what it means but um i think that's why also maybe tony's prodding with that uh is kind of why he has more credits on this record than i feel like he does on like their other stuff like he tried to think of himself as a songwriter more than he had in the past so once again though the the music for this song is uh credited to tony which kind of like the frank thing is an interesting thing for the band to kind of let these people that aren't in the band do so then moving on to This Place. This Place sucks. Yeah. Uh, so that's another Ackerman song. Um, that is 
I guess another workplace. It's I straight mean, up. Yeah, it's like I I love that you're going through these song by song and saying who wrote them because it's like oh I like do very specifically like Ackerman songs and Stevenson songs like leagues ahead of everyone else's songs. Yeah, well, which I, tracks? Yeah, well, and usually I feel like on episodes I really famously don't go track by track, but I feel like they have such distinct songwriters, even though it it's all coming through Milo that like the more the uh, years it's like it's not whiplash like i don't feel like it ever like feels out of character because you know people can be complicated <laughs> but like it's like as as much as i've listened to it it starts feeling like you're like i wonder whose song this is because there is like there are distinct voices yeah um for sure which like of course it's like in Faye, there's like a Susan song or a Sarah song, and like you can tell. Or yeah. like in Late Bloomer, there's a Neil Scott song or a Josh song. And, and then you can the, like... the rare Scott songs. I honestly, I love the Scott songs. I'm a big fan of the Scott songs. Miss the Scott songs. Uh, but okay, so then. Why won't you play Sparrows? I just want to <laughs> hear just, Sparrows. It's just too hard. Um, and then we're on track 14. I won't let me. And that's another, that's an Alvarez song. So oh, does that Interesting. fit the vibe? Or Wait, does what, that... are, what are the other Alvarez songs? Okay, so Alvarez has the next two where he has I Won't Let Me and Thank You. Okay, those are the only two? And then it's, uh, well, then there's a hidden track, but they don't really need to get into right. that. Um, um, I mean, that track's for the last two. How how, do you, how does that track? Because I famously don't know the lyrics. What, I Won't Let Me? Yeah. It's like, I Won't Let Me Let You Down. But... So how does that fit into, I wish I had a better word for it, divorce guy kind of thing? Is it kind of the other side of divorce guy? Is less bitter and kind of more like, uh, or what, what is his real vibe? Like, what do you feel like if you have a What other songs did he write? Um, for this album, he wrote, I'm the one, Caught, and... And these then, last two. Yeah, these last two. Okay. Um, What's the vibe then? Because I want to get I want to get it right. Because I don't want to just be like con- a condescending I don't know. kind of thing. So okay, so caught is like a political song, whatever. Like I don't care. I'm the one is like I want to love you, let me love you. Um, I won't let me is like maybe also kind of a let me love you song. Hmm. Oh yeah, you know. I don't know. He has another song that's kind of like this on Problematic that I think is almost like, it's actually, it's a lot different. It's almost like the person you're with, I, I the person you're with is going through problems and you can't just figure out how to get in. So it's like, for I me, mean, this could be like an arc of like, like, hey, you're with the wrong person, and then, like, hey, like, that person's not right for you, and I'm always here for you, I'm right for you, and then also, like, maybe then he, like, got the girl, and he's like, I'm not gonna fuck this up, I'm not gonna let you down, I'm never gonna cheat on you, I'm never gonna lie to you, like, it's you and me forever. Yeah. Maybe that's the arc. Yeah, it could be, because, I mean, I feel like it's, like, it's hard to, it's hard not to, especially on this era, because it's, like, you go, everything sucks, and then you're thinking about the next, like, then... Uh, then the next all record comes out in 98 and then 2000. It's like some of these conversations had to have been like building to something. Sure. You know, like as you're thinking of just, you write about the things you know in, your, in that moment. Sure, yeah. I mean, you can like connect those dots yeah. to be 
Like, I don't know if that's true, but, like, I, it's cute. I like it. Yeah. I like to think it's true. And then, like, Thank You is a cute song. And what what do you think that that song is saying? Oh, it's about, like, loving a band. Oh, okay. So, so it's... it's like, um oh, like, you know, I, like, sing your songs in the shower and, like, think about, like, the you know, the song's always in my head or whatever. And it's like, I just want to thank you for writing them. I almost thought... Which is cute because that's how I feel about them. Yeah, I also kind of feel like thinking about it as like an Alvarez song, it's almost like his love letter to his own band. Oh my God, Josh, stop it. I'm going to (laughs) cry. Fuck you. Well, because like if you think about those complicated things with like playing like no it's so true yeah oh my god stop it (laughs) i'm seriously like my eyes are watering i fucking hate you like it's like okay so another i guess going back to the all descendants thing of it all because it kind of goes what what it's saying is like a lot of the story that the documentary shows is like whenever they shifted into all it's like the successes that they had they played on light late night shows and things but they struggled and it felt like they shouldn't have you know they like lived in a house together they had like singers came and went and like things just didn't like pop off in ways that i guess the world expected for all and so i wonder if kind of going back to every you know descendants is like it's like when you put your sweatpants on (laughs) it's it's comfy pants you know and it's like i wonder if it's kind of bittersweet though it's like but it is also is sweet it's like this is this saves me you know like is what that feels like it's very sweet i didn't think about that i can't believe i didn't think about that because do you think that's like such a me thought not a you thought (laughs) oh i kind of love that you thought of it yeah i mean it's it's very cute and i think like it makes me i actually love that i really had this realization about alvarez because i i it's like even saying the divorce guy thing it feels condescending because i feel like now i get to see a big actualized picture that it's like it's not always easy for him and it's not always you know i don't know i i I love that picture drawn about him as a person yeah unfortunately he bears no resemblance (laughs) to physicist and nobel prize winner luis walter alvarez we can't all have that resemblance so i kind of want to think about these two albums like almost like a compare and contrast kind of thing like okay just like kind of their personalities but i guess like it gets down to just like people aging oh absolutely i mean there's definitely um like more maturity in everything sucks do you think that maturity has continued on is like okay because like i said i'm not really a big cool to be you fan sure um and then i'm trying to like think about like the record after that their most recent except hyper yeah yeah okay Uh, I personally like loved that record. I really like felt like I like related to that record. It was like different. It felt like a very like specifically adult record, you know? Yeah. Um Well, um, so do you feel like they kinda continued on that journey for maturity, I guess is what you're saying. I mean, I think that probably not writing a lot more albums was part of that maturity. And like, yes, I do think that like that album is more mature than all the albums before it. 
But, like, also it would be kind of concerning if they didn't. Like, y'all are adults. You have families. Like, you gotta kind of, you gotta progress, you know? Well, I mean, it's like, they didn't have to if we look at most pop punk bands. I mean, like, when I think about that, I think about, like, no effects. I don't know if no effects really, like, grew up. You know, <laughs> I also don't really like no effects. Yeah. So maybe there's something to that. Fair. I mean, I think like I remember really liking that record too. Uh, Hypercaffeine. Um, I thought it was like really good because it's like when you kind of get it's not really a reunion record, but those many gaps. I mean, it kind of is like from after that amount of time. Yeah. But there's like a lot of like, I mean. It's kind of an old guy record, which, like, I kind of love. But there's, like, you know, like, work's not fulfilling, family's not fulfilling, I can't eat the food I want to eat. Like, it still, like, references a lot of the same stuff, but from, like, a very different viewpoint. I know this is making it way more heady than it feels, than it should be. <laughs> it kind of feels like, do you remember that, or you know remember that movie Boy? No. Um, where it's, like, basically the movie traces the life of this kid as he grows up and they actually filmed the movie over like a 10 or more year oh period. i like vaguely remember it's this. like when you think of descendants records and you think about them <laughs> referencing these things it's like they kind of have these bits bits actually because they're like people that understand like humor in that way where it is funny to look at like like a bonus fat ep and songs being about burgers or going to wiener schnitzel and stuff and then just like come into their 2018 it's record like no more like, fat burger <laughs> i can't eat this anymore <laughs> is so funny um which it's it, then it does feel like it's like smart it's yeah. like because they're like looking at their whole career and being like oh i can't really it'd be like them just being like yeah i drink decaf now you know, I mean, there I think they're like, they we're like, never decaf, you know, but like, it'd be funny in a way if they're like, I got to do decaf now, you know, you know, um, there's no band like them. I totally agree. Like, I'm trying to think of anything that comes close, like, just to kind of touch for a second, like, with all, with the warts that people kind of bring up, you're like, oh, this stuff didn't age well. I'm like. With the whole picture of everything, I'm like, there is not a band that I feel like I will ride for this hard for this long. Like, Agreed. Big agree. Like, I can't think of it. Like, even, like, bands that I love, like, you know, like... Yeah. Name Jr. a band you love, yeah. Josh. Name one. Dinosaur Jr. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, like, it's not, it's not the same. Like, Well, I don't think... First of all, I don't think that, like, you started listening to Dinosaur Jr. anywhere near as early no. as you started listening to this. So that's, like, kind of different in the way that, like, this is ingrained in, like, your DNA, like, your big, very formative years versus, like, Dinosaur Jr., which was, like, kind of a an icing on the cake, if you will. Yeah, there isn't... I mean, it's kind of repeating myself again. It's just, like, there truly isn't a band that I feel like has kind of carried their discography kind of grew with me as i grew and there's nothing i can point to like that is anywhere close like i mean i've said like no effects but that's not even like a serious thing but it's like of course they haven't or it's like when you think of bands like metallica it's like it didn't age as well like they're kind of doing different versions of themselves but it's like descendants like were able to grow with their sound yet still be descendants yeah you know which is like yeah, like you even like on that do. on that last album, 
those are like undeniably descendant songs yeah and like that's true that's very like unusual that a band has that like unique um ability to like grow and maintain the sound now i'm just repeating you yeah well it's what it's like it's it's almost like you i feel like i repeat myself because it's like you don't see it like it's baffling like you there but is... i feel like i repeat myself because you don't see it it's baffling <laughs> i see what you're doing now um but like they'd also on that last record i feel like they don't just feel like they're doing a version of themselves like bands you know kind of like reunion kind of things they do like it feels like they're kind of doing a caricature of like what they think people want them to do you know are kind of like trying to put like a backwards hat on like you know like they don't like descendants aren't aging in a way that they feel like they need to be cool you know like they're cool because they're just the descendants yeah but it's like he will get on stage with like a camelback under his shirt like and it's not cool but they are cool yeah okay so we can talk about that um you played with descendants when they played in charlotte yeah and i sometimes think that i'm like honestly i feel like my band should have broken up then <laughs> like immediately after that yeah show? well now we can't because of that it can't be like <laughs> this many years later and then be like oh we're gonna break up because we should have broken up after descendants <laughs> now it almost feels like i want to play with descendants again and then break up well i put it i don't want to put it on paper that it's I'm okay going neil to. and scott don't listen to the podcast they, <laughs> they won't don't. know scott thinks that we play music on the pod, which is a funny thing. So going to not listening <laughs> to the podcast. So, okay. So in 2017, I think it was, uh, yeah, in 2017, uh, and I, I've talked about this on the Patreon. You should subscribe. Um, about, we opened for the Descendants, and it was like, just hands down, like the best. Life goals. Life goals. Like, it was also like a great lineup because it was Descendants and Bronx. And so like it was like, just felt like bands that hit. Like I'm not like the biggest Bronx fan, but it's like just right in our wheelhouse of stuff. You know? Uh, and what's crazy about it is like, didn't expect anything in terms of like what type of dudes they would be. For instance, I mean, I didn't even think I would one, have the experience of being able to talk to them to being able to even be in close proximity because I've had situations where I'm not even allowed to like be close to them, uh, other bands. And like they offered us their catering. They were like, just eat whatever you want. We can't eat all this. You know, like we, we're not allowed to eat this. It felt like the vibe. Um, but there was like a huge spread. It was like pizza, fruit, blah, 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 hummus, like everything, of course. And, um, uh, and like Carl felt like he would just talk to you. And in a way, I feel like looking back on it, I feel like I might have snubbed Carl. <laughs> like Carl wanted to talk to me about my 215 cab and was like, I wish I could rent a 215. Like he was telling me like, you can't really get 215s from rental companies and they fly in The shows. easiest way to get a 215 for all your shows is to take us on tour with you yeah. and then you just simply use mine. Uh, yeah, and he was like, I love the way it sounds. It's, it's, uh, like, it was like rumbling on stage. Just like Maybe good. we can get them to take Faye on tour. Yeah, you got a Descendants 215. take Faye on tour. I have a 215. Yeah. And just like he was like talking, you know, like just kind of outside with them for a second. He was like smoking. Um, and, you know, just like, just like 
chatting with my boys. You know, that's what yeah. it felt like. And the funny they're thing. They're just like regular people. They're just regular people. And there was like the most Milo experience out of all of it too. Is that he came, like our set was done. He comes in. He's got like a book bag over one arm. And then the first thing he says, I guess it's like clear. Well, I might have had my base cap. And he's like, heard y'all were really good. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't get to see it. I'm sorry. He's like, but I, I heard from that y'all are really good. So thanks for playing. Like, but that felt like the perfect Milo interaction. Like Milo showed up later than the rest of his band. It just feels like interacting with your dad. Yeah. And you're just like, thanks, dad. Yeah. And then, you know, like most of the interactions with Bill were like, he, they, they had like people they were kind of talking to the whole night, which I assume like. Who knows? Like, these are people that they could have been, like, friends with that live in North Carolina or surrounding that they've known since, like, the 80s or something. And he kind of talked with them, like, most of the night. But Bill, personally, was, like, the guy that was, like, you can have whatever you want on there. And, you know, it's... Steven was, like... But well, all, all that to say is just, like... I think that after that show, I think that Neil was, like, oh, I'm going to go back in there for, like, one thing. And I was, like, I'm going to go in. But then I, like, went in there and I was, like, ah! And then like ran out. Yeah. I felt like a little fangirl, but I was like, I can't talk to anybody. I can't do it. Yeah. It was like, it was felt really open to if we wanted to just have like a conversation with them, we could have, but like, I still just like, I knew I was going to be like a weirdo if I like stayed around too long. So I still kept my distance, which I kind of regret, but also just think like, it was like the perfect. I mean, night. it's hard. It's like, there's a balance of like being respectful of like people just being like regular people who need some like space, you know? Yeah. And, like, also being, like, oh, but you're, like, my hero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, like, it was also, now I feel like I'm getting emotional thinking about it. It was, like, like people that we know, I don't know, Late Bloomer's not, like, a big band. But, like, to get that show was, like, super validating. We had so many friends that were just, like, in the front row. And just everything was, like, perfect. And I feel like it was perfect because of, like, descendants helped to be perfect i mean it was with the descendants but also like to give props to like the bronx they were they like pulled up their i don't know what you call them flags their banner <laughs> their banner and they didn't have to like yeah. but they were like hey uh, you know we're gonna pull well, up and it's like it's know? an attitude like i feel like a lot of other bands you're right would not do that because they don't they're just like you know you're just lucky to be here you yeah. like stupid little local band but like i think that that speaks to like the like ethos of a band and like the bands that you like tour with i think is reflective of who you are yeah you know and like touring with other bands that are like kind and respectful like speaks to you being that way as well yeah and that's what like i feel like that's the reason i feel like even like getting back into punk that's what i always wanted out of it and i had it that night you know never since but that's, <laughs> no, no it was a great and i feel like it probably it fueled us i mean into like the next record and probably all these years later um so i don't know i had obviously had to drop that in the descendants thing so okay we could talk about this for hours so let's yeah. wrap this up you and i both have descendants tattoos you have the my logos to college oh i do logo as your tattoo i actually i don't you since you didn't know this existed i have the i'm the one ep logo as my tattoo but i think you just thought it was an everything sucks tattoo yeah i guess i did yeah kind of thinking of it i just um, always kind of associated so it's that kismet that we're talking about these records today yeah i guess i i would say that it is kismet a word that i've probably never said out loud uh um, how have you never whatever whatever josh 
But I don't know. I, all I'm going to do is I feel like I'm just going to repeat how much I love this band. And I think anyone who loves... I feel like I love this band so much that sometimes I feel like I don't talk about them to people because I don't want to be a weirdo that just talks about Descendants all the time. Anyone who knows us probably knows how much we're super obsessed with this band even no to doubt. this day. No doubt. But before... I'll say before I let you go. Oh. <laughs> and then you'll have to go outside. I have to go. I have to leave and then you come back. You have to leave and come back. Okay. Yeah, so we can officially end this okay. thing. Okay, okay. Um, you recently just put a record out. I did. And so it would be, we'd be remiss. Is that what people say? Uh, yeah. Yeah, to not promote it on here uh, at 100 episodes. But also I have to say that this podcast would not happen without you. So I have to Aww. give you the credit at being that this is 100 episodes. Because I think even the genesis of the pod... I felt like whenever we started, I probably talked about this on episode 50, um, was like I was trying to overcomplicate it and make essentially like the podcast be like our band could be your life kind of pod. And you were like, why don't we just talk to people about records they like? Because that's what I was doing on Instagram at the time. So I think even that that simple like, oh, yeah, of course. Like I would. That's why I get the producer credits, That's baby. why you get the producer credits. And with editing, of course. So with all that said... Uh, I want to give you the floor to promote your new record that, if you're listening to this, you should listen to Faye's new record. Yeah, so I'm in a band called Faye. We just put out a record called You're Better. Um, it rocks. You should definitely listen to it. Um, a lot of 90s energy, a lot of harmonies, lots of shreddy guitars, crunchy bass, you know, everything that makes a good, delicious record. And where can we find you online? Oh, you can find... Um, you can find Faye online everywhere at Faye is a band on Twitter, Instagram, Bandcamp, wherever. You can find my other band, All Right, online at All Right NC on Twitter, Instagram, wherever. You can find me online at Sprocket with five T's on Twitter. Well, thanks for chatting with me. Thank you. Welcome back. Thanks again for hanging out with us while we talked about one of the most influential bands in our lives, The Descendants. And thanks to Josh for being on my podcast again. To celebrate 100 episodes, we're taking a two-week break, but great news. The Patreon never sleeps. This month, we're talking about the compilation CDs that formed our truly iconic tastes, and there's some real goodies in there. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe, and tell all your friends to check out the pod. Follow Spinning Out on Twitter and Instagram at Spinning Out Pod. Thanks, as always, to Pretty Maddie for the incredible theme, and to me for editing the pod. And thanks to Josh for keeping this thing alive for 100 episodes. It's truly a labor of love, and I think it's fair to say we all love it too. Okay, see you later, alligators. (laughs) 